Hi guys, and welcome back to the You Don't Want to Know podcast with me, Meg. So first off, I want to say, uh, start off by saying happy late 4th of July. Um, I thought that I was going to be able to record on the f- that like week or whatever, but it just got like so crazy with the holiday and work that I just took it off. You know, it was a holiday. So I hope you guys understand that and that it does not count towards my um, attendance to this podcast. So I'm still on track for the two weeks with the cough, cough, you know. <laughs> um, so sorry that I took it off, but I did because I needed to. I literally had no time. It's been so crazy. But I'm back. Hey, I'm here. Um, This episode is going to be more spook, spook, you know, the good stuff. Um, The last two cases were pretty intense and horrible and sad. So I thought we could do something like a little bit more lighthearted and fun. Every time I do a spooky episode, though, I'm like, this is like pretty freaking tough because these the information is like really hard to find so i think that whenever i do a spooky episode it's probably not going to be very long just because there's not much info but i'm always going to try and double up on what the topics are just because i want to give you something and i don't know if everyone like prefers this but i like a long episode and that's why i try and make mine long and i also don't want to just like brush over the surface i want to give you the details because Like, that's just what I want. And I want to give the people what I want. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, you know? So here, here, I'm doing all you guys. (laughs) That was weird, but we're going to keep going. All right. Um, so one piece of information I wanted to give you guys is the, um, episode. I should have looked it up. Um, what is that even called? Where's my phone? I don't know. Um, well, there's an episode that I did. I can't remember her name. I could probably find it somewhere. Um, we're gonna keep talking while I look. Uh, she locked her boyfriend in a closet, like a hidden room. Where are the files on my computer? And, um, made her husband think the house was haunted and it was just a crazy chaotic mess. They were in my hometown of Milwaukee for like a hot minute. Um, but I guess there's a movie on it. Why did I click spooky? Um, my Australian buddy, Rob, shout out to you, buddy. He uh, survives. <laughs> he somehow survives all of the, where the heck is this? I'm sorry, guys. All the Australian animals out there. He said that he was working out and he saw it. So here we go. I'm on the right thing. Um, it's like Walburga, I think her name was. Um, Hi-Fi, which Hi-Fi, if you haven't watched or listened to Hi-Fi, definitely listen to that episode. Oh, Fred, Dolly, and Otto. There we go. That's the names of the the couple. Walburga Kitsch, Kishkel or Austria. Okay, so these are like really German names. So Walburga is her first name. So I was right. I was right. I don't know what episode that was, but um, I guess there's a movie on it, long story short. So I'm sorry that that was so horrible. It's probably not worth listening to. I hope you guys skipped ahead. But there's a movie on it. So thanks, Rob, for letting me know. That's super cool. Um, Give it a listen to, watch the movie, whatever you want to do. But yeah, so sorry about that. That was probably horrible, but we're through it. Now we're on to the true crime calendar. So this is another bog body, guys. I think we only have one more after this. So really 
just really savor this because this is this is it okay so grand Bala, i think is how you say it man was dug up from a danish bog by peak cutters in 1952 the 20 to 30 year old man had been executed between 290 bc and 310 um, ad sorry um brutally executed he had been hit in the legs in a way that made him fall to his knees then his throat had been slit ear to ear this is the first time i'm reading this oh my gosh a dent in his head indicated that he had also been hit but more the but more detailed scans conducted in 2002 revealed the dent was made post-mortem so before death either by pressure from the bog oh after death sorry post means after um either by pressure of the bog or by a young boy wearing clogs who had walked over the corpse during excavation okay i was like how do they know it was made by a clog because it happened okay an accident he confessed to do to uh, confess later in life uh the gran bala man's stomach contents uh consisted of a papur's diet maybe i don't know roughly ground corn porridge and ergot a mushroom now used to make lsds he's having a good time in his life his corpse showed signs of malnutrition so i guess never mind experts have debated what caused his death some theorize that it may have been the ritualistic uh Ow, owing, owing to get to the ergot in his stomach. Mm. Owing to get ergot in his stomach, whatever that means. Um, but others say that ergot was a common fungus of the day, and the amount in his system was not enough to make him hallucinate. So there were a lot of tough words in that one. I hope I pronounced them all correctly. But if I didn't, I'm a human. So here I am. That's pretty crazy, though. Okay, here we go. Best part of the podcast. goodbye okay um movie recommendations so i watched the flash last night specifically so i'll just talk about that quick um i saw it with my bro we it was out 9 15 ended up midnight late night for me because i woke up at 3 a.m the night before or the morning before i should say so um if you guys saw morbius which i was so excited for that movie it was not good and it the flash reminded me of morbius unfortunately i feel like it's not the um director's fault that i don't like the movies as much anymore i think it's more of like the editors because it's just so much crammed into one movie and i guess it's good because like i sit down watch the movie looked at my watch it's been an hour they just shove so much in it but there's no like feelings towards it it's just like talk to talk next scene talk to talk next scene there's no body acting it's just get your lines in let's go to the next one we have so much to uh, keep in this make two movies then honestly like why would you smush it all together you know so that frustrates me honestly because it should have been a much better movie in my opinion the ending was fantastic though i really 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 enjoyed the way it ended and then um, the one I was going to talk to about before when I was going to record <laughs> last week um, was Cabin in the Woods, guys. Just throwing it back there, you know, Cabin in the Woods. Great flipping movie. Very different, you know. Um, I love the concept of it. It was so fun um, for people being murdered, I guess, as fun as you can be for that subject. But it's a movie. It's not real, obviously. So it's cool. 
Um, just all around great movie, such a wild thing, a uh, wild twist. I'm not going to say it, even though you should know it by now, if you haven't seen it, um, pause and watch and then come back because it's just so good. Like I love that movie so much and it's wild. So, um, great concept. Definitely recommend watching that one. And then if you are a superhero fan, watch the flash. If you're not, I'm going to say don't do it because you probably won't like it. I'm just a diehard fan of the the costume guys, you know, <laughs> the superheroes, the costume guys, you know, that's fine. Um, okay, so now we're on to the part we all came here for, which is the not true crime of it all, because this isn't a true crime episode, but the spookiness of it all. So let's get uncomfortable, guys. Let's get uncomfortable. Okay, so I'm talking about the dog boy of Arizona and Fritz the Puppet, Mr. Fritz the Puppet. And that's the only time I'm going to say that name because that freaking thing freaks me out and I don't want to like summon it. So no more time. <laughs> it's just going to be called the puppet from now on. Okay, so the dog boy. Very interesting story. So in a small town called Quitman, Arizona, there is a home that is said to hold the spirit of the dog boy. It is this absolutely gorgeous yellow two-story home. So picturesque, it didn't even look real how beautiful it was. This great front porch, a beautiful tree in the front yard. I would move in in a minute, even if there was a dog boy. I feel like we could get along, honestly. Gorgeous house. Um, so why Quitman? You know, like it, it, Arizona, it's such a weird place. Um, there was, there's actually multiple ghosts in that area, in that house too. And people like asking why, what's, what's with that? You know, it doesn't make any sense. It's because during the civil war, it was, a, that town was like a station for people to enlist. It was the trading center of Arizona because it was halfway from Memphis, Tennessee to Little Rock, Arizona. And um, I hope it's Arizona. Gosh, I think Little Rock's in Arizona. Either way, it's halfway between Memphis and Arizona, uh, Little Rock or halfway between Batesville and Conway, which I think are also in Arizona. They're big cities, all very popular cities. So it was just a nice place to like take your boots off or whatever they say. So that's kind of why it's kind of booming with the ghosties, I guess, you know? So like I said, it's this victorian styled house that was so beautiful guys like just gorgeous go on the instagram and look at it i know i haven't been posting i'm gonna fix that this week um but i'll post a picture of it because it's gorgeous it's uh you don't want to know podcast or is it i think it's ydwk podcast on instagram or what you don't want to know on facebook and i'll look at the pictures but the dog boy um it is in that house. Like I said, it was built in 1891 and it was said to be owned by Benjamin Jackson and his wife and their son, Jackson. So Benjamin, Benjamin Jackson, Jackson is his middle name, not his last name. So it was, uh, gosh, the, the wife died right away. So I don't have much information on it. And I feel really bad just like saying like, yeah, they live there, but the wife died right away. She died at 28. So it's really unfortunate. And then Jackson, he served in World War One, and he died at 21. So it was very short lived. It's very unfortunate. I wish I had more information on it. I hate when I have to do that because I don't want to just like boom, one and done. I'd rather like talk about them and say like, oh, they were so sweet. They liked swinging on the front porch and they had a tire swing, whatever. 
but I don't have information. So um, Benjamin left the house really quickly after that just because it was a big house and it probably reminded of it, reminded of his family. So he left and then Floyd and Aline Bet- Betty. Well, I did not. It's not that. Okay. Where's the last name? Well, we're just going to call him B because I don't know why my last name isn't popping up. Um, they moved into the home and after a long time, or excuse me, they moved in into the 1950s and after a long time, they were together for a while. They finally had a son in 1954 and they named him Gerald Floyd. And I saw a couple sources that called him Gerald, but like the official source called him Gerald. So they were so happy. They have this beautiful house now and this gorgeous child. And it's like all their dreams are coming true. But unfortunately, that's not the case because Gerald was not an easy child. Very, very sad. He was just a huge brat and he was described as vicious and cruel and just horrible. His parents were such good people, but they just had a really hard time with his behavior. One weird thing that Gerald did, and if you are a really big true crime buff, you will like see the red flag right away. He liked to collect animals and eventually hurt them. So red flag, guys, that's not good. That's a really bad, bad characteristic. Um, but that's where the nickname the dog boy came in. He collected so many dogs and cats and just animals that his parents literally added on to their house so they could fit all of the animals that he had because he just had so many which like how nice of their parents or how nice of his parents because that's just crazy but unfortunately the neighbors would literally hear the animals howling from pain at night so he liked to collect and torture animals he also really liked attention like a lot. And this is one thing that gets brought up in like every search that I did was that on one occasion, it was a family reunion at City Hall. He found like one of these really long like couches that didn't have a back to it. It was just like an arm and he laid down on it like one of those like Greek emperors or whatever. And he grabbed grapes and like held it above his head and was eating it like how you see in all the movies. And everyone was like, that was ridiculous. He was just looking for attention he's a troublemaker blah 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 and i'm like he's a funny kid like that was supposed to be funny whatever maybe maybe i'm taking it wrong i don't know but i just thought that was funny that everyone was like oh my gosh i can't believe he did that but that's just and that's something that everyone points to he's just looking for attention blah 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 so that's kind of who he was looking for attention taking um, dogs and cats hurting them and killing them and just being a troublemaker. Eventually, he grew older. He got to be like six foot four, 300 pounds, huge guy. And he realized that he didn't have to pick on dogs and cats anymore. He was stronger than his freaking parents. So he turned on his parents, his sweet little parents. And unfortunately, things got out of control. Neighbors said that he would keep his parents in the upstairs portion of the house and only feed them when he wanted to. So not great. He was very abusive towards him and even once threw his father in his 70s 
out a window and somehow he caught the ledge and hung on to uh, the ledge of the window until police came. Now, I know what you're thinking. This sounds crazy and it can't be true. You might be right. I have no idea if this is true. I couldn't find any police reports. So who knows? I also don't know how to find police reports except through Google. So maybe I'm just not good at this. I don't know. But it's all about the story, right? So I hope that this isn't true because this is horrible because like my dad's 60, 62, I think. Yeah, 62. I can't imagine him holding a ledge for a window and like hanging there for longer than two seconds, you know? So I don't know how a guy in his 70s is going to do it. Maybe he was just ridiculously strong, like upper body strength to the max. I don't know. But that's what people said. That's what the neighbor said. I don't know. Eventually, um, Floyd uh, would pass away. He lived until 1981. Um, He died of just a sickness. It didn't specify whether or not what it was, but it was in his home. Neighbors do dispute this, though. They say that he died from a broken neck from being pushed down the stairs. I feel like those are two very different things, and you would be able to tell that difference. And this was 1981. But again, I didn't find anything. So neighbors were just scared. They were scared of this guy, Gerald. Absolutely scared of him. They saw what they did. he did to his parents, and they were worried that they were going to do something to him, to them. So the neighbors once were trimming this magnolia tree that like hanged into his backyard or his parents' backyard. And I guess he flipped out at them. They didn't specify like what they were doing. They just said they were trimming. So maybe it was like getting into his lawn, but he just freaked out at them for some reason. And they said that his eyes glowed at night like a dog. So just another reason to be freaked out. Cause like, imagine that guys walking like a person walking in the dark and like headlights come on and his eyes are just glowing. Ooh, it's like a ghost or like an alien or something. So after his father died, his uncle came to help clean up the house. Um, and this is another reason people are scared of him. His uncle went over to their house and was just helping them clean up. You know, it's just him and his mom. And I guess he went over to one of the neighbors and asked for a gun because he was so scared of Gerald because he's just terrifying. So in the 1980s, his mother, Aline, fell and broke her hip and she needed a replacement. So of course she went to the hospital and witnesses say that while they were at the hospital, Gerald was slapping her around, telling her to not tell anyone what he did. Otherwise he would hurt her. So because of this, his mother was put into adult protective services, which it's like, just put him in jail if he's hitting someone. But I don't know how that stuff works. Who knows? Um, and she started to fi- like start the process to go to court against him. So while Gerald was in the house away from his mom, or his mom was away from him, I should say, he started to build a sunroom. And once that was finished, she started growing some plants, some uh, special wink, wink plants, if you know what I mean. The ganja, you know. Um, eventually, so he was selling marijuana at, I think he was selling regular plants too, but mainly marijuana. I think the regular plants were just like a cover up. After a while, Aline testified against her son about all of the abuse that he did to her and that she underwent and he was put into jail. 
So justice was served. He eventually died in prison from an overdose at age 34 in 1984. Aline died when she was nine in, excuse me, in 1995 and Reba Carter inherited it. I couldn't figure out what the relation was. I'm assuming it was to Aline, but I could be wrong. Um, it was very shortly after she inherited the house and property that she had an estate sale. And that's when the home was sold to Tony Weaver. So the Weaver, uh, Weavers lived in the house with his wife. I should say Tony Weaver lived in the house with his wife for a few years and reported some paranormal activity. So Casper, which stands for Central Arkansas Social Society for Paranormal Research, um, put an ad out in the paper for some reason. I don't know. And Mrs. Weaver saw it and reached out to Karen Schillings, who was the founder of the organization. So this is quoted. It's a <laughs> this is a quote from Karen Schilling of a quote uh, from Mrs. Weaver. So Karen says that uh, Mrs. Weaver says she said she would turn off the lights before leaving for work at a night shift, and when she returned, the lights would be back on. Um, and then she, uh, Karen says, at first, the woman thought such actions were a result of an intruder, but the nor- more supernatural events began to happen. One time, pennies floated down the stair- stairwell and from the upstairs part of the house. The coin stopped and fell to the floor all at once, right in front of her, with an exclamation point. <laughs> um Karen goes on to say, after six months of such occurrences, the wife said she was, quote, very scared and didn't want to live in the house anymore. And honestly, if that did happen, I wouldn't want to live there anywhere uh, either. So Mrs. Weaver also said that she saw a man in her living room. He was dressed in World War One attire. He's, um, oh, I'm sorry, this isn't Mrs. Weaver. This is Mr. Weaver. Um, he ran after the man, but he found that no one was there. So if you guys would remember from the beginning, like 15 minutes ago, I said Jackson, um, son of Ben, Benjamin, went to World War I. So they're assuming that it was him. So Casper went and did an investigation in 2005. Uh, I think I skipped some stuff. Hold on. Sorry. Where is it? Okay, here we go. Sorry. Um... Scratch that, 2005 is a ways away, where in 2003, the Weavers moved out of the house and a neighbor, their nephew, moved into the house in 2003. And that's where he lives today. So it's Quentin and Stephanie White. The Whites also reported some strange paranormal activity. So this is a quote from Stephanie. She said, strange things would happen on a regular basis. Like this commode would flush on its own, which I love that she said commode. I wonder if that's like a South thing because we just say toilet or crapper here. (laughs) Um, One day, Quentin was working on his house uh, and he had his phone on him. He heard this huge crash upstairs and he went to go obviously investigate what happened. Um, There was this really large stack of two by fours on the floor. And when he reached upstairs, he said that all the boards were standing straight up and like, oh, no, thank you. That's a, that's a no for me, dog. I would not want to see that. When things are like not the way they're supposed to be, like in oddity ways, I just can't. Like that freaks me out. Like if all the knives were, well, I guess that's obviously anything to do with knives are really freaky. But like 
if the cups were like stacked, even if it was just like a pyramid, I'd be like, okay, you can have it. Goodbye. You can keep those. I'm not touching that. So they only lived in that house for a couple of months and they tried to sell it like right after because they couldn't deal, which like, I don't blame you, but they're having a hard time selling because at this point, all of this is very publicized and people know, and it's just very frustrating. So he's trying to sell the house. Um, Quentin is Quentin White, and he has people come in every so often. And one time in uh, particular, he uh, put, I guess, his glasses and a bottle of prescription pills on a table, showed the house, and I think something spooky happened. And the um, the person showing the potential buyer left and was like, no, peace, I'm done. And he was just really frustrated and he was vocal about his frustration. And then he went back and he couldn't find his pills or his glasses. So they're assuming the ghosts were offended by his frustration because it's like their house too. So get over it, I guess. (laughs) So they also say, the weavers say that the spirits will react as if uh, when they don't like someone. A girl who was supposedly sensitive walked into the house and she said she felt sad right away when she stepped on the stairs. Another buyer came and I guess the recliner just moved instantly to the reclining position. Another buyer came with their dog, but their dog refused to go inside. And I feel like that's like a telltale sign that something's something's amiss. You You don't want that. I wish they had um, stories about what the spirits would do if they didn't like someone because it just says the spirits will react if they don't like someone and that's it. (laughs) Um, So obviously the whites have this house for a while. They still have it, I think. Um, So they think maybe if we do some renovations on the house, maybe we can sell it. So they hire a man, Ed Munnerlin. Munnerlin, I believe that sounds right. And he was a former pilot that has... No important information except the fact that it's cool that he was a former pilot. So he said that he preferred to work down the house at night because people would look at the house because they heard that it was haunted. So he would go at night and he said that he never feels alone in the house and that the house is always very cold. He says that he can hear people walking around. Um, If he's upstairs, he hears it downstairs. If he's downstairs, he hears it upstairs. Uh, but he can never find the source. So it's either people walking around or he hears like crashing noises. I don't get how he's okay with this because if this was like a constant thing, I would just quit. I would just not have a job. I would rather not have a job than be in that situation. And you know, I say that, but I grew up in this old house and it would literally creak constantly And I never thought anything of it. And then I started watching scary movies and I was like, okay, people hear that noise and they think there's a ghost in their house. I hear that noise. I don't even notice that noise anymore because I have such an old house. So guys, I could be attacked and just not be prepared at all because I lived in an old house. So there's that unsettling thought of of the day. So he also said that aside from like being alone and the house always being cold, he had seen a man dressed in World War One attire as well. So Jackson's coming back. In addition to all of that, he had another very odd experience. So <laughs> strap in for this one, guys, because it's really weird. 
he uh this is a quote from the guy he was a huge weird looking cat so i think that might have been a misquote but i I think it was supposed to be a guy um a weird looking guy or it could be cat i don't know with long brown hair creepy eyes and great big arms and hands he walked right in front of me and glared at me right after i saw them saw him he walked through the hall and disappeared and he was okay with it like what the heck i don't know this guy just seems like he doesn't care but he no nonsense he's a no nonsense guy so now we're back to the part where i skipped to 2005 welcome guys we're here we made it so like i said casper went to investigate the house in 2005 and they said that there are house, uh, parts of the house that were 10 to 15 degrees colder than any other section like cold spots you know or pockets i think that's what they're called i don't know they also caught some electromagnetic activity with no explanation and when i read that i was like how do you know that that's linked to ghosts maybe it's just like extra electric like maybe there's just sparks in the air right now guys maybe maybe there's romance you know things are going i don't know um but they said that they found that really weird um casper members felt like they were being touched and at one point they had to go outside to get something from their car and they looked up and saw someone looking down from a window and then they went in and confirmed that no one was supposed to be there so they went back a second time and they brought like the spirit box or whatever so i don't really know i think that's the one where like you talk and the ghost talks through the box i don't know but (laughs) they just said that they got cursed and was told cursed out and was told to leave and that's all they got they also had some recordings of some orbs which like why orbs also but i don't know everyone always talks about orbs i kind of think it's baloney but whatever So they saw a lot of orbs and things of that nature, but I guess they had this one really compelling video, but oh, they lost it. Classic, right? And the team cannot account for where it could have possibly gone, and they're very unsettled by that. Convenient or unlucky? You tell me. So that's all the information I found on the dog boy at that house. But now we're on to the puppet because I said I would never say it again. So here we go. So there was a private, Billy Booth, who created this puppet. He was a child entertainer slash performer, but then he ended up um, enlisting, enlisting into the army. And unfortunately, he was put into a prisoner of war camp in Poland in a Nazi concentration camp. So just a horrible, horrible time. He actually made this puppet um, to kind of pass the time and entertain people. They don't know exactly when he was made. Um, It was between 1943 and 1945. He made the puppet with German newspaper soaked in potato starch and smuggled in paint from a farmer. So honestly, I mean, if you don't like dolls, don't look it look it up or go on the Instagram. But it's kind of like pretty freaking solid for being made in a Nazi concentration camp. Like it's pretty impressive. So good for Billy Booth, which I just realized Billy Batson is the name of Shazam. And I was like, Billy Booth. I feel like I know that. Billy Batson, Shazam, Billy Booth, the puppet. Okay. So like I said, Billy used this puppet to kind of raise the spirits of these prisoners going through this horrible, horrible time. And he would even 
make the guards laugh. So unfortunately, at some point, Billy was forced to go into a field with a couple other prisoners and dig his own grave because he was not working hard enough. And then he was shot and buried. Two weeks after that happened, the prisoners of war were set free. So it was in the beginning of January that he was killed and January 28th of 1945. Um, they were set free and so they took the puppet and they gave it to Billy's family. This was kind of like to remember Billy. So the puppet is like this bald looking guy. He has very arched eyebrows. They're like black, very black arched eyebrows. And it's just a neck. It's not like a body and a very, very, very pointed nose. And it always looks like it's smiling with its mouth like slightly open At the bottom of the neck, there's two strings that control the eyes and the mouth. And the story of the puppet was, well, I guess the the journey of the puppet was that it was found at an antique mall first. So I guess the family was like, love you, Billy, but this is very creepy. We can't deal. So they found it at an antique mall and then another collector got it. And in July of 2019, uh, Michael Diamond was gifted the puppet by the man who bought it because he said he didn't like it and it was too active. And I guess Michael was like, send it to me. It's not active enough. I need more. I don't know. But he added it to his collection. And I guess he has like a collection of oddities in his house. It's just like a room of weird stuff. I think he had, he had like a three-legged or three, a, a five-legged lamb and taxidermed just all this weird stuff so he just added it to the room so michael said that he wouldn't go in that room every day maybe like every three or four days but when he would the door for the case of that puppet was always open so he was really confused why that was happening so he put a gopro in there and he caught a video of what was going on so the first night the door just opened on its own just opened the second night the door swings open and then the eyes move and then the mouth moves and um the door moves a little bit more so some people think that the puppet is saying help me it looks like it's saying help me but that could just be like to add to dramatic effect essentially so it's a puppet who knows it's literally just moving open and closed so but like i said the the mouth is in a permanently open well i should say its resting position is slightly open so it's slightly open it opens more closes a little bit and then opens again i think that's how it went so who knows what it could be saying or if it's saying anything or if it's all just a hoax nobody knows well i guess one person knows so after this footage Um, Michael showed his wife and she got so freaked out that she left the house for like three days and she went so far because she hated this thing. She literally took her husband to court, not real court. So this guy's like in London or something like that. I don't know exactly his location somewhere in England, I think, but it's like a judge Judy, but UK version. He took him there and she was like, I need this out of my house can't be here anymore and i guess he brought the puppet into the courtroom quote-unquote courtroom and the wife literally like she just sees it and she like turns away from it she's like oh 
it's here oh great so the judge is like would you like this bailiff to stand in between you and she's like yeah and so he's like bailiff go and he's like i'm not going in between that thing and there's another female bailiff and she's like i'll do it i don't care so even like the dude who's supposed to be like this tough guy he got scared of the thing because it's a freaky looking thing and after seeing the video i wouldn't want to stand next to it either so now he keeps the puppet it's still in his house but he keeps it with a chain locked around it and a blanket to cover it unfortunately though a lot of people think that it's all hoax and that michael is faking it because michael is a performer slash illusionist you can look him up he has a website and it says like master of illusions he's like a magician or something and there is no record of a billy booth being a prisoner of war in a concentration camp. So, who knows the true origins of, I'll say it one more time, Mr. Fritz the puppet. No one. No one knows. So maybe Billy Booth is just like a smudge in history that unfortunately no one could decipher. Or maybe it's all made up. Maybe it was made, the puppet was made 20 years ago and the story's all wrong. Or maybe... Billy Booth is trapped in that puppet and is trying to seek a way to pass on. Or maybe it's just all for fun. I don't know. But that's the episode. That's a spooky episode, guys. I hope you like it. Like I said, it's a little shorter. So quick driving podcast episode. Thanks for listening. Um, If you want to see pictures, I'll be posting on Instagram, YDWK podcast on Facebook. You don't want to know. If you have case suggestions or anything like that, you can send me an email, ydwkpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you guys had a great fourth. Bye-bye.